facts, candid conversations, and some levity to lighten your day. This is The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. An absolutely magnificent Monday to you. I'm so happy to be with you today. We've got a great show. It's going to be straight fire today. I can't wait to get going with it. 888-914-9149. You can also email the program. Great place to send show ideas, questions, comments. The address is kale, C-A-L-E, at relevantradio.com. And you can follow me on Twitter, at Kale Clark, C-A-L-E, Clark with an E. So we're going to talk about a lot of stuff today. Uh, Blockheads unite. Michael Block stole America's heart yesterday, and he aced, quite literally, Oak Hill in the process. It's the best feel-good story of 2023 so far. We're also going to talk about how you can deal with three frenemies. And you know what a frenemy is. It's a friend who's really an enemy. A frenemy, three frenemies, in fact, who can sabotage your goals, sabotage your work. You do not want to mess around with them. You've got to figure out how to make them work for you. We're going to talk about that later. It's a great topic for a Monday, but I want to start with this, 888 What would you do? What would you do if a non-Catholic preacher invaded your parish, burst into mass, burst into maybe a prayer meeting, a rosary, well, that actually did happen at a parish in Texas. I'm not sure where in Texas this took place. If you know, please give me a call because this is kind of going a little bit viral in the Catholic Internet. 888-914-9149. And, and this guy's name, and producer, Ch- producer Jim just wanted to call him Church Guy, but I think his actual name is Ryan Foley. He's got a TikTok account, and he posted this video of him getting kicked out of a Catholic parish after doing this, check it out. This is heresy. The rosary. The rosary is heresy. Mother Mary is nothing. It's about knowing Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, you cannot exalt Mary. You cannot exalt Mary. You can't exalt Mary. Run from Catholicism. The rosary and Jesus tells us to sway away from repetitive prayer. This is real heresy. And the real problem going around right now is the churches with this religion and this churchianity, and they're not even going to the biblical way of doing it. Okay, and that was the uh, the famous TikTok bloop noise. And I, I'm never going to have a TikTok account. I can promise you that. I might eat my my words one day, but I, I have no interest in it whatsoever. And I'm pretty sure, this is a total sidebar here, I'm pretty sure the United States government at some point is going to ban TikTok. It already has been banned, I think, in the state of Montana. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I heard that the other day. But having said that, a lot of TikTokers are out there like this guy. I think his name is Ryan Foley because his handle on TikTok is at Ryan Foley. And I can, I'm not the, the greatest detective in the world. I'm not Columbo, but I can figure that out. It's probably Ryan Foley. Anyways, don't know much about this guy other than he has a huge beef with Catholicism. By the way, I love the sad piano music overlaying the video. Do, 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 do. Like he's being like persecuted for you know some injustice. He's being thrown out of this Catholic parish. Now you can't you can't see this obviously because you only heard the audio. But if you check my Twitter feed, I did post the video link, and it was originally posted by Catholic Charm, 
which is a she's a good Catholic account to follow on Twitter. She's pretty popular. Anyway, so she posted that video and she was like, hey, if this ever happened in my parish, things would have got pretty real pretty quick. I mean, people probably would have been throwing hands. I don't know. But at any rate, in the video, there are these two older Catholic gentlemen, Catholic grandpas that kind of take this guy in there and they're they're kind of escorting him like bouncers out of the church. And I mean, he, he's a young, tough looking guy. I mean, this Ryan Foley, I mean, he's young. He could probably, he probably could have fought back. He probably could have overpowered these guys. He didn't do that. So it didn't get violent or anything like that. Um, they kind of pushed him out the door, get out of here. And then he gives his little monologue outside. So, okay. So first, first of all, I, I would say this, I'm surprised this sort of thing doesn't happen more often. And I, this, he's kind of, I mean, you got to give him full marks for being passionate. He's a little bit like St. Paul before his conversion, before his Damascus Road experience, before he met Jesus. I mean, he's very passionate about what he believes, and he's got a zeal. And he might say, I'm like, Jesus, zeal for your house will consume me. But as it says about it, one particular group in the New Testament, I can testify that they have a zeal, but that zeal is not based on knowledge necessarily. So, and it reminds me actually a lot of myself when I was going through my period. I'm a revert to the faith. When I had left the church, I'd become an agnostic, and I wound up leaving the church, came back to faith in Christ through evangelical campus missionaries, and they said, you got to get out of the Catholic Church. It's unbiblical. They worship Mary, and I was not very well formed in my Catholic faith at the time. I said, oh, these people love Jesus. They must. This must be true, and I never really investigated it from the other side, and it sounds like the same is true with this guy, because I did stuff like this, too. I tried to convince my 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 Catholic family and friends that they should leave the Catholic Church and and they're like whoa what's gotten into you um, you haven't been to mass in years and now all of a sudden you you want us to leave okay all right and they didn't listen to me thank God now I, as I look back on it but at the time I was like a prophet is not without honor <laughs> except within his own home and among his own family well at any rate I was wrong I was wrong and it's ridiculous to say that you can never change your mind about something. You should be able to change your mind about something if you're presented with more facts, more evidence. And what I hope somebody would do with this guy is uh, take this guy, Ryan, and, and maybe pull him aside and try to have a chat with him if he's willing to listen and, and have a talk about Catholicism. He calls it, we, we got to get rid of churchianity. We got to get rid of churchianity. Well, I'm sure he belongs to a congregation of some sort. It's it's a church of some sort, isn't it? I, I, and of course, strictly speaking, a church, you can only call something a church if it has all seven sacraments. That'd be the Catholic Church, of course, the Orthodox Churches of the East. We can properly call them churches because they have all seven sacraments. But his big beef here is that this is unbiblical. The rosary, you heard, as he's being thrown out of the church, you heard him saying the rosary is unbiblical. How how would you deal with this? If if you if this happened in your parish, how would you deal with this? Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. I'd love to see him try this in a mosque, by the way. I wonder if he would do that. Interesting. But I'm but like I said off the top, I am surprised that this sort of thing doesn't happen more often than it does because there are people out there who are super passionate about what they think is the truth. And they, they think that souls are in the balance. They think that you will lose your soul if you remain in the Catholic Church. It's it's fairly, it's getting a little bit more rare to see that. Usually it's hardcore fundamentalist Christians who think that. Um, most Protestants these days, I would say, certainly most evangelicals. I know I'm making a broad distinction here, but 
they would not say that Catholics are not Christians, but it's very it was very common to hear that in previous decades. So I don't know what, what you would do in this situation or how, how you were handled or you think it was handled properly or not. You can watch the video and tell me what you think. But I, I had to laugh. So this is kind of spreading around. And you can call in with your take on this, 888-914-9149. Father Tom Bombadil, who posts some pretty funny stuff on Twitter, he, he said this in response to the video. He said, most Catholic boys and men have at some point in their life daydreamed during the homily, what would I do if the church was attacked? Out of idle curiosity, non-Catholic hecklers have no chance. We've been preparing for this since the first boring homily we ever heard. Has this ever happened to you? Have you ever, not that you've never paid attention during Mass or during the homily, not that you've ever let your mind water, but maybe, maybe, just maybe, when you were a kid, when you were a little kid, did you ever, and not just boys too, the ladies can answer this as well, 888 I think it's fairly common because I've done that. Producer Jim, have you done that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what are some of the things that you, you were thinking about when you were a kid? I, mean, mass? I think I mixed in uh, episodes of Tarzan and I was swinging from one rafter to the next and <laughs> I was saving the whole congregation, especially the priest and defending the Blessed Sacrament. I mean... <laughs> And and now now I'm I'm proving that you know I'm not the only one. I thought it was just me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and these days we you know we because of the rise of terrorism over you know since 2001 it's become more more yeah I mean it was always kind of there but it's 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 more in our face now and there's that priest Father Jacques Hamel in France who was martyred uh, in a church killed by an Islamic militant. There was even that strange situation I think it was in New Jersey a couple years ago where a priest was knocked out cold during during the mass some guy who was a little disturbed to say the least walked up and just slugged the priest you remember this um and people were so oh my goodness they were kind of stunned um so we are a little bit there's always a thought right i mean especially during high holy days big feasts where there are a lot of people uh, in a parish and you, you're sort of on guard you never know right um but i'm surprised that this doesn't happen more with with Protestant preachers wanting to come in and and some people in in the comments I posted this video on Twitter some people said that you know what he should have done was you know if he really wanted to talk to somebody about about his faith and debate Catholics he should have put flyers on the cars in the parking lot or pamphlets you know under the windshield wipers that that's exactly how Carl Keating started Catholic Answers by the way very famous Catholic apologetics apostolate uh, out in California, this happened at his parish, and he was so tired of it. I, I believe it was in the San Diego area. This this was years ago, um, in the 1980s. He was so tired of walking out of mass and seeing these anti-Catholic tracts uh, put on people's windshields, and he finally decided, "I'm going to write my own tract." And so he he found out the church, the Protestant congregation that was sending this guy, or maybe he was doing it rogue. I don't know. Uh, it was kind of on the pamphlet, I guess, and so he he wrote his own tract. And he called it the Catholic Answer, and he put it put it on the windshield wipers of of their cars after their service on Sunday. They all came out and said, "What the heck is this?" It was basically answering all the anti-Catholic claims that were there, and yeah, they didn't like that very much. It was like uh, it turnabout was not fair play, according to them. So, and that's kind of how Catholic Answers was born. So, let's go to. Uh, the phones. I want to really want to hear how you would how you would address this. Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Let's go to Albert 
in Vienna Township, Ohio. Hi, Albert. Hi, how are you? Well, I'm doing well. Thanks for calling in. Oh, you're welcome. First time caller. Oh, great. Fantastic. Great to have first time callers. <laughs> we got we got to ring the bell, Jim. We got to get a bell whenever there's a first time caller. But 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 what's ding, your take? Ding, ding. ding, 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 ding. I'll just do a manual bell for now. But uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what's your take on this, Albert? <clears throat> well, first of all, I don't think that anyone from any denomination should do what that man did. That's a lack of respect for the individual's mm -hmm. um, choice. And uh, secondly, we have security in my church. Mm, and he walks around and mm -hmm. uh, makes sure if there's anything that doesn't look right, you know, the man more than likely wouldn't be able to get into the church. Uh, mm. He'd stop him and keep him at bay. But if he did get into the church, uh, we would escort him outside, but we would also say to him, after Mass is over, mm -hmm. let's meet in uh, the room next door, and uh, where all the congregation after Mass is over meets, and we talk about things. We'll read the Bible yep. and... Uh -huh. and and just talk with him and listen to why he's so upset. And maybe we can convert him. <laughs> yeah, you know? that's right. Yeah. So we'll work on him. and uh, But we offer him to come and join us if he uh, would mm. not be belligerent to the, yeah. the yeah. rest of us. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, if he's reasonable enough to want to, to, want to talk about that. So it's interesting that you mentioned security at your parish. I think... I'm actually surprised that more parishes don't do that. You know, is is your security officer like? Is it obvious? He's like, is he? Does he? Is he packing? Is he? Is he sort of dressed in some sort of a security officer type of way, or is he kind of incognito? Actually, he's incognito. He's uh, one of the church members, and <clears throat> we have a club there, and um, they're usually made up of veterans. Oh, okay. And, um, yep. Of veterans and and uh, they go ahead and they volunteer, you know, to to get involved. And there's a education course that he teaches this one veteran and how to handle certain situations and how to disarm people and and so on. So yeah, that's um, great. We've had no problems, but he makes three three turns mm. all over the place from outside in the parking yeah. lot through through the church all over and uh, he's pretty good yeah and and that's that's actually a needed thing especially you know with the spate of you never know i mean would, would uh, god forbid but would there ever be a mass shooting at a, at a church in, in america one never knows it, it certainly terrorist attacks have happened overseas uh lots of stuff going on for example places like nigeria where catholics are under attack all the time but we shouldn't rule it out, and uh, it's not a bad idea. It's a little bit like maybe those air marshals on planes. You never know who the guy is, who's the, but there is someone there. There's always someone there on the plane uh, who uh, is acting in a security, you know, sort of uh, format. So, Albert, really appreciate that call. Really interesting stuff. Thank you for for calling, first time caller, and uh, love to have you call back any time. Triple eight nine one four. 
9149 is the number to call. Now, again, if you want to check out the video, I did post it on my Twitter account. I, re, I reposted it at Kale Clark, C-A-L-E, Clark with an E. You can see this video. It's a really quick video. It's a TikTok video, very really quick, of this young man trying to preach, if you will. It doesn't didn't look like Mass was going on at the time. Maybe it was a rosary, a public rosary meeting or something, or recitation of the rosary in public, because his main beef was with the rosary. It's unbiblical. It's heretical. He said, quote-unquote, Mother Mary is nothing. Uh, not the case. Might want to check the Bible. We'll get into that. We'll get into the actual responses to what he said uh, in a little bit, but I want to get back to your phone calls right now. Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. It's going to Mary in Wisconsin. Hi, Mary. Hi. Um, I, I would like to make a comment on um, you know just being so alert at mass because mm-hmm. I have been for the last ten years, and just really briefly about um, four years ago, I was at mass and um, I kept looking over to the side door where people can come in at the side right in front of the altar. And mass was on, and all of a sudden I saw this what looked like kind of a gun, uh, oh, just no. the tip of the gun. And I just kind of, I, I just really, I really felt uncomfortable. This is my intuition. I started feeling very uncomfortable. And then for a minute there, I saw like an army sleeve. But that was mm. it. So I moved to the back of the church. I moved to the back of the church because I really thought that I am not imagining this, that this is happening. We'll make a long story short with this episode. Afterwards, um, I went up to Father, and I had told him that I really thought I saw this gentleman with a gun, and I really felt that he was either going to kill us or the priest or whatever, because sometimes I saw him twice pointed towards Father. Well, what happened then is the next day at Mass, he said, um, the girl who came up to me after Mass, would she come and talk to me after, after, after church today? So I went up there and he said, you know, he said, I have to tell you that gentleman that you were talking about, he committed suicide last night and left a note. He was he was going to kill people in the church, but he didn't do it, went home and killed himself instead. Uh, Second episode that happened to me is shortly after that. When I came home, I was in the back of the church again and I felt this really uneasy feeling because I felt people walking a little bit in the very back of the church. So I grabbed this um, physician that was there at Daily Mass, didn't know who he was, grabbed him and I said, would you come downstairs with me real quick? I think there's something going on. We went down there, and here was a bunch, here was like three, probably 19-year-olds smoking meth and smoking pot in the bathroom Whoa. of the church downstairs. And then there's just one more that I forgot to tell the guy. There's one more that happened like uh, maybe a year ago. I was in church with Father. He was at the consecration. And this guy comes walking in, and I looked at his boot right away, and I thought, oh, there's a knife in his boot. That looks like a knife. He just goes and sits down, and he puts his arms together. He didn't participate in the consecration, didn't, mm-hmm. do, didn't kneel, didn't mm-hmm. do anything. All of a sudden, he gets up, and he's ready to go towards Father. And then something happened, and he turned around. And afterwards, I went up, and I said, Father, did you see that guy? And he said, Joy. He said, or he said, Mary. He said, yes. He said, I absolutely saw him. He said he had so much evil in his eyes that I started rebuking the spirit within him. Wow. And that's when he turned. So, that's I mean, yeah. I've come to so many close calls with, uh, you know, and I'm so alert that sometimes I can't, you know, if there's anybody that looks unusual, I'm always on alert, always. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we, we you have to be, unfortunately. And those are some really tragic examples. I can't believe he went in the basement and found kids smoking meth and smoking pot in the church basement i mean somebody gotta tell these kids hey there's no high like the most high all right all kidding all kidding aside that's a terrible thing that's a terrible thing it's we we should certainly 
be on our guard at all times. And uh, what a tragic situation. And, and the previous caller mentioned, you know, military vets. And we, on this show, obviously on the Kale Clark Show, every every year, Memorial Day, we do a salute to service on the Kale Clark Show. And we support our vets 100%. And, and some of them are struggling with PTSD. Some of them are struggling with uh, with mental illness and they need help after their time. And some of them never, never get out of that, that darkness. And, uh, that's, that's a ministry unto, unto itself for sure. And so many, yeah, we, we really have to pray for spiritual protection ultimately, because, uh, at the end of the day, our lives are, are in God's hands. So triple eight, nine, one, four, nine, one, four, nine, got to take a quick break right now on the show, but hang on. Okay. We'll get your calls and much, much more. 888-914-9149. It's Kale Clark show on relevant radio. Explaining the faith so you can explain it to others. It's the Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Hey, welcome back on this Monday. 888-914-9149 is the number to call toll-free to talk to me. 888-914-9149. We're talking about viral video, which I reposted on my Twitter feed. You can check it out at Kale Clark, C-A-L-E, Clark with an E. Uh, a young guy, very passionate about his evangelical faith, tried to burst into a Catholic church. He was filming it, or someone else was filming it, maybe a buddy of his, I don't know. He started talking about how Mother Mary is nothing, quote-unquote, uh, repetitive prayer is unbiblical, um, the rosary is heresy, yada, yada, yada. You've got to go back to the Bible, get rid of your churchianity, quote-unquote, and he was he was escorted out uh, gently but firmly by two older Catholic gentlemen. This is a parish somewhere in Texas. I'm not sure if it was your parish. Call in. Let me know. Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Check out the video. So I asked people on Twitter what what they thought of this, and and some of you guys responded whether they went too far, whether it was handled appropriately. Uh, James Gonzalez uh, wrote back to me saying. His point was to try to disrupt mass. Now, again, I'm not sure if there actually was a mass going on. There might have been. There might have been. It might have just been a public praying of the rosary. Not sure. But his point was to, to disrupt. There's no question about that. You're right, James. James also said, I would have sent him to the crying room and took an opportunity to teach him just as he tried to teach us through his only church, the Universal Church. All right. That's why Use the crying room. That's right. It's soundproof. So, hey, man, you can go in there and someone else will have a conversation with you, but we won't be able to hear you. Uh, that's kind of a funny, funny response there. And I appreciate that, James. Appreciate uh, you listening to the program as well. Uh, someone else uh, said to me, searching for God is the, is the handle. If there was a service in progress, he shouldn't have interrupted. He could have simply handed out flyers or asked the parish priest for a chance to speak in some other hall or some other context. All right. Now, speaking of flyers, I have, to, I have to ask producer Jim this because... He, he told me off-air, and I think you guys need to hear this, about the best anti-Catholic tract or pamphlet that he ever saw. And what, what, how did how'd you get this, Jim? Yeah, so uh, after cutting the grass one night, I decided to go up to Walmart and get myself some cold beer. And lo and behold, I opened up the case. And there is this anti-Catholic tract. I thought it was going to be all about how evil alcohol consumption is. <laughs> 
that would have made some sense. Yeah, I right, right. And, and uh, you know, moderation's a good thing. So, um, you know, I, I thought it was hilarious, though. And it was like the comics trick, the Jack trick. Uh, Jack what, what chick. You, Jack chick. Uh, co- uh, uh, yeah. Anti-Catholic track. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I can't even remember the context, but I was like, oh, boy, this is interesting. But anyways. Oh, he, he had so many, <laughs> he had so many uh, anti-Catholic. You, you guys, some of you, some of you listeners out there are probably familiar with Jack chick and and his yeah, his comic strips attacking the Catholic Church. There's one called The Death Cookie about the Eucharist and things like that. A, a lot of misconceptions and misunderstandings, obviously. But that is intriguing. I wonder how it got into the beer case, whether maybe a worker at the plant slipped it in or something, or maybe Who knows? probably a shopper, probably a shopper, maybe <laughs> through the open handle or something. But um, I, I don't know what they were thinking. Yeah, maybe maybe they were thinking the more beers you had, the more the tract might actually make, <laughs> sen- might make sense. <laughs> Yeah, well, maybe I should leave the church. No, don't do that, please. No, I, they can't. They can't change my mind. They can't change my mind. And my parents raised me. I had the Baltimore Catechism, and it's been ingrained in me the the teachings of the church. Uh, why leave something that has the Eucharist? You know, I that's mean, right. it, clear and well, simple. That's, that, very, well, that's that's what uh, that's what Jesus said. You know, when, in John chapter six, when they all walked away after his teaching on the Eucharist. And Jesus is like, well, how about you guys? You're going to walk away too? And Peter said, Lord, who else can we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. It's true. Peter Absolutely. said it so much more eloquently than I did, but that's okay. No, but that, that's that's exactly right. So and it's good to be to be forewarned and to, to be forearmed about these things. So I've asked you guys what, what you would do in this situation. Have you ever been in a situation like this where somebody tried to disrupt the Mass and, and tried to preach against Catholicism? How'd you handle it? 888 Nine one four nine. Let's go to Genevieve in Sacramento. Hi, Genevieve. Hi, how are you doing? Um, I want to tell you about something that happened right at Mass about 45 years ago. Um, it's a priest. Okay. The pastor had just finished his homily of the Word, and he started the, hom- the, um, the Eucharist, the liturgy of the Eucharist. Well, all mm. of a sudden, he stops. And he walks out through the congregation, and there were about five or six people, men and women, going through the congregation and pushing themselves into places where they could sit. Mm. Father O'Day said, get out, get out Mm. now, get out right now. And they left. Mm. And then he went back up, continued Mass, finished the Liturgy of the Eucharist, Mass was over, and he explained that those people were known in the area as pickpockets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so he chased them all away, which okay. just shows we have people who would really die for the Eucharist. And he yeah. was a good one, the poor man, the, the great priest. He did have a heart attack at 55 and passed away. Oh, may, he, may he rest in peace. Thanks so much for calling in, Genevieve, in Sacramento. Appreciate that, that, that call. And uh, by the way, if you're listening, Jody in Vegas, somehow your call dropped. You can call right back, okay? We'll get you, we'll get you right up there, Jody in Vegas, if you're listening. All right, let's go, to, do, 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 let's go to Tom in Wisconsin. Hey, Tom. Yes. Uh, hello, Kel. And I, uh, I'm 75. I had a stroke recently, so I hope you'll forgive me for the pres- uh, presentation of what I want to say. And okay. Then, Look for the substance, if you will. Uh, you know, on my journey to the Catholic Church, I just recently got uh, 
confirmed this last uh, oh. Easter. Congratulations. And I thank you very much. But I was raised as a Mormon as a little oh, kid. Wow. And when I started going to black uh, gospel churches when I was a little boy later, and uh, then I started going to crazy uh, Protestant evangelical stuff. Uh, and then later on in life, I started attending the mosque. And then finally, I, I, I awoke to my later part of my life and, and got involved with the Catholic Church. But it all made sense. Mm. But during all these years, you know, I'm a former career military person that has okay. served in actual combat. Vietnam and wow, thank you for your service. Well, thank you. But the point I want to make is uh, uh, being a retired fire captain also mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. California, I've seen a bunch of bad stuff go yeah. down. Now, mm -hmm. that being said, I have always had a concealed carry permit, uh, and I love Anything that faces me in life that I can find worth dying for. Uh, the thing is, is the church, with all of its uh, protectorate orders, things on the tonight, tomorrow, this and that. Uh, you know, I think churches have them. Uh, but the point is, uh, there are some of us out there, whether we're veterans or not all nuts. I mean, I used to be when I first came home. But yeah. uh, if I'm going to carry a firearm into any church, I'm going to let the priest know it first. Mm -hmm. So he knows that I'm there to, to take care of a situation when it goes down, but I'm not a threat or a reckless person. Yeah, yeah. I think I think. Just let me jump in there, Tom. First of all, thank thank you for your service. Um, not just in 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 terms of your military background, but also in you know fighting fires. And uh, Lord knows the firefighters in California, especially, have been very very uh, busy with everything from wildfires to and and they put their lives on the line as well. And so, uh, thank you for that as well. And yeah, just I think it's a good idea, certainly to make the priest aware. Okay, just so you know, if you do see uh, a handgun or whatever the case may be, I'm, I'm, it's I've got a permit. This is you have nothing to be worried about, and um, and perhaps in let's pray that that never happens, that you're never caught in a situation like that. But unfortunately, it's in American life. This this is a reality on a daily basis. Unfortunately, that uh, shootings do happen, and from time to time they do happen in places of worship. Uh, of note lately, synagogues, that, that's been fairly common. Um, is it only a matter of time before it starts happening in Catholic churches? I certainly hope not. But, but and that, that's another whole side of the story with, with what we were talking about off the top, with, with the idea of somebody coming into the church or a Catholic parish to, to preach their own faith and um, going into enemy territory. They would view it as enemy territory and view it as a bold act of faith, but how, how have you ever come across this? How would you handle this? Let's go to Jody in Vegas. Jody, we got you back. Thanks for calling back. Hey, thanks for having me, Carol. Love your show. Oh, hey, thank you. I know this. <laughs> I know this is a little bit off topic, but 
my question was, I, first of all, let me premise it by saying I'm a cradle Catholic mm-hmm. and I never, I'm no scholar, no theologian, and I never understood that I, what I recently found out about the animosity between uh, the Protestants and the Catholics. And I was sort of unaware of this, only more so becoming, it's becoming, and it has become more enlightened by listening to your show and Patrick and everybody. And um, so I was wondering, what do the Protestants, I know they don't believe in praying to Mary, but mm-hmm. my question is, for the ones that are like sola scriptura, Mm-hmm. Do they? What do they believe in as far as like the Marian apparitions, like especially the public ones? Mm-hmm. I believe it says somewhere in the Bible, and I don't know if this is in their Bible, but as well as ours, because I I, I understand they're a little different. But um, where Christ says, if you don't believe in you know what I'm teaching or whatever, at least believe in the signs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like like the miracle of yeah. the sun or. or Stuff like that. What what is the what is the view on that? Yeah, I would. Well, that's a good question, Jody. I would say number one that they wouldn't buy into that. So when when Jesus says, "Yeah, if you don't believe what I'm saying, at least believe the miracles," uh, they should give you some credence as to whether what I'm saying is true. They would say that only applies to the miracles of Jesus in his time, and they they certainly wouldn't buy into uh, extra biblical miracles uh, throughout church history, not necessarily. So. Now, having said that, they might come across these things and look at the evidence for them and say, hey, you know, I actually think there's there's good warrant to think that this happened. For example, the, the appearances of Our Lady in Fatima. That did happen to a guy named uh, a Jewish scholar, a rabbinically trained uh, Harvard MBA, really smart guy named Roy Shoman, uh, who converted to Catholicism. And how it all started for him was he was kind of on this big spiritual journey, and he visited a friend who had a coffee table book about Fatima and he was just kind of waiting for this guy to get ready and they're going to go somewhere and he's leafing through this coffee table book and it's talking about the miracle of the sun it's like what this public miracle that was witnessed by 80,000 people live and we talked about this a little bit on the feast day of our lady Fatima Jody and when his friend came out he's like why didn't you tell me about this before he's like what this Fatima thing and, and so that was really for him kind of a jumping off point to, to learning more about about the Catholic Church so I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm not saying they, they can't look into things like this, but but certainly the the focus on the Word of God is incredibly important for them, and and they have a passion for God. They have a passion for Christ. They have a passion for the truth. That's why it's important to show them that this stuff is not against the Bible. There's nothing in the Bible that's against the faith of the Catholic Church, and there's nothing in the Church's teachings that's against the Scriptures. It, 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 that's because the Bible is a Catholic book. It was, it was a, it's the Church's book. It was written by Catholic Christians. It was canonized by the Church as the Word of God. And, and passages like one of the things this guy was complaining about, the gentleman in the video, he was saying the Rosary is heresy. But as we all know, and, and most of us know this already, you can find the words to the Hail Mary in Luke chapter one. When the Archangel Gabriel, of course, appears to Our Lady in the Annunciation, what is he, how does he greet her? He says, Hail, full of grace. Now, that gets watered down in a lot of translations, but in the original Greek text, it's kakaratomene, that's the word, which means one who has been made full of God's grace. So, doctrine of the Immaculate Conception also comes into play here. We've talked about that as well in the past. But Hail Mary, 
full of grace. So the only thing we add in is the name Mary. He's obviously talking to Mary. Hail, full of grace. Okay, that's in Luke chapter 1, verse 28. The Lord is with you. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. And then what about the second part of the Hail Mary? Well, of course, this is the visitation to Elizabeth, one of the mysteries of the rosary as well. And they're all rooted in scripture too. And what does Elizabeth say when Mary visits her? Why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? And right before that, she says, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. So again, we just add Jesus in there, right? Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. That's Luke one forty-two. So this is scriptural. So the prayer is scriptural, and you're either going to have to say, well, I don't believe the Bible, because it's a biblical prayer. Even the Hail Mary is a biblical prayer. And so that's these are things that a lot of people just maybe haven't thought about it. It's kind of in front of their face sometimes because they read the scriptures. But it's it's look it's taking off your own glasses, whether they're Baptist glasses or Presbyterian glasses, and put, trying to put on Catholic glasses just for a minute, just to just to check it out, and say, okay, I've never really seen that before. I've never seen it quite like that before. Um, so that that's 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 part of it, I think, Jody. So um, I don't know if that helps to to answer your question a little bit. It does, and you know, I really appreciate your show so much in the sense that you do entertain, you know, I, I guess you could say, I don't want to say anti-Catholic beliefs, but you can appreciate, you know, the Protestant that's made such an impact and really celebrate them. Like the gentleman who had passed away, Keller, oh, I Tim believe Keller, his yeah. name was. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's, it's, it's such a beautiful thing. I, I remember um, I saw something online about someone taking a tour of Scott Hahn's library and being surprised that, you know, there were all sorts of, I mean, even atheists, but I mean, you know, when you're, when you're going to um, go ahead and try to uncover the truth, I mean, to gobble up everything that you find and to be able to, you know, look at it with sort of just clear glasses and then have the truth be revealed is so important. And maybe, maybe that's what some people aren't willing to do. Cause I know a lot of, people that I know, um, they're not really interested in believing anything other than what they uh, already believe, possibly even at the risk of, of not uh, the truth not being revealed to them. So maybe mm-hmm. it just takes prayer, but thank you for your clarification. Well, hey, thank, thanks for listening, Jody. And, and hey, the, by the way, Scott Hans Library, I've actually been there. It's super impressive. It's pretty wild in, in Steubenville, Ohio. And uh, he was kind enough to let me in and take a look around a little bit. And, hey, Jody in Vegas, I'll tell you what, the, the Vegas Golden Knights keep winning, and so do you. Thanks for these great phone calls. Really appreciate that. Got to take a quick break right now on the Kale Clark Show, but we will be right back with your phone calls and much, much more. 888, you're not going to want to miss this story after the break. 888 The Kale Clark Show, giving you the confidence you need to bring the faith into everyday life. Hey, welcome back. 888-914-9149. Follow me on Twitter at Kale Clark, C-A-L-E, Clark with me. Email the program, Kale, C-A-L-E, at relevantradio.com. We're going to get back to the your phone calls about this. the gentleman who uh, burst into a Catholic parish in Texas and said it was unbiblical, the rosary's a heresy. 
stock sort of anti-Catholic stuff. And, you know, he's obviously does not, he's never really had to explain to him as, as Fulton Sheen used to say, Archbishop Sheen, there aren't more than a hundred people in America who actually hate the Catholic church, but there are millions who hate what they wrongly perceive to be the Catholic church. They've never had to talk to them straight. That's partially why we're here on Relevant Radio. Before we get back to that, you guys probably at least caught wind of what happened yesterday in Rochester, New York. Hey, blockheads, you've got to unite. I'm talking about Michael Block. This is something out of Hollywood. I'm sure they will make at least a movie of the week, if not an actual cinematic film about this. This is a real-life Tin Cup kind of story, like Kevin Costner playing Roy McAvoy in Tin Cup. Michael Block is a 46-year-old golf teaching professional at a Royal Trabuco golf club, country club in Orange County, California. And the PGA Championship, it's the second major of the year after the Masters, and of course it was won by Brooks Kepka. He's kind of back to being Major Brooks again, uh, convincing win. But most people were pretty excited about this other guy, Michael Block. Not only did he make the cut in the PGA Championship, there are lots of teaching professionals that try to at least qualify for the tournament well he qualified he made the cut and he was a factor in the tournament i mean he was on the top page of the leaderboard he finished tied for 15th and he was playing on sunday alongside the legendary rory mcelroy and i I think that the ovations at the first tee were louder for michael block than they were for rory but they were definitely louder when he did this on the 150 yard par 3 15th hole check it out Tale story. Gets better. Okay, (laughs) I gotta jump in there. That voice you heard saying no. No, no way. That was Michael Block himself. He flew the ball right into the hole. He dunked it. He dunked it a hole in one. This is incredible. Now it was already a feel-good story, maybe the most, the greatest feel-good story of 2023 so far. And then he makes it absolutely cinematic. I mean, it was an amphitheater setting at the 15th hole, fans all around, corporate tents, and he didn't even know that he'd aced it. It was really funny when you watch the video, and you can you can find it anywhere on YouTube. His caddy John Jackson, he actually took out his laser rangefinder, which. Normally are not legal, but they are at the PGA tournament. He's actually trying to find where is the ball on the green because they, they thought it was maybe close, but they had no idea it had, it had gone in. Roy McElroy had to come over to him and say, dude, you aced it. It was a hole in one. He's like, no, no way. But he did. He did. And uh, it's a good thing he actually did dunk it because if it had hit the flagstick, it would have been about 40, 50 yards away. He actually damaged the hole. They had to repair it, caused a delay in play. So this was amazing. Just an amazing, amazing story. So he qualifies for next year's PGA Tournament by finishing in the top 15. He made $288,000 and change. Not a bad payday for a guy who normally just charges $150 an hour for, for golf instruction. And these guys don't get to practice very much. They're running pro shops. They're teaching a lot. It's just phenomenal that he did this under with great crowds, great pressure, and not only did this this happen to him, he got into next year's PGA. He's getting into the tournament at Colonial in Fort Worth, Texas, this coming weekend. He was invited by the tournament director to be uh, an exemption to get in, and the Canadian Open also invited him for June eighth to to play in that tournament. I think he's going to play really well north of the border. Believe me, 
This guy just was unbelievably charismatic. And and here's here's what happened when he was interviewed after the round by CBS's Amanda Renner. Check this out. Joining us now is Michael Block. And Michael, before we get into it, you are our Chase Sapphire shot of the day on Sunday afternoon at the PGA Championship. I'm going to let that sink in. I'm going to let you call this for me. 151 yards, what club? Lighted seven iron into the wind. Uh, couldn't really see it. It was. I knew it was at the pin and had no idea that I went in. And then, look, you can see me right there. They're like, oh, clapping. And I'm like, okay, cool. It must be pretty good. And then Rory comes over and he gives me a hug. I'm like, why is Rory giving me a hug for me hitting it close, right? I'm like, it's kind of weird, but I was, I was cool with it. And uh, so I really walked down about another 20, 30 yards. And I look back and I'm like, did that go in the hole? Because everyone's going crazy, right? And you can see me right here. I, I literally turn around. I'm like, did that go in the hole? And the next thing uh, I know, it did. Uh, I've never made a hole-in-one in a tournament in my entire life. And uh, to make it at that time on hole 15 with the crowd and everyone there and the support I've had from the Rochester fans uh, was probably the most surreal moment that I'll ever have in my life. And I've, I definitely enjoyed it, so I'm cool with it. All right, we're, we're going to lean into that. We're going to make it a little bit more surreal for you. This is your home club, Arroyo Trabuco. It is packed. It is packed. Just wait for this pan. Yep. Do you know who sent us this video? No, I don't. That would be your son, Dylan. No. And I might have texted Dylan and asked him. He's what sick, his too. Were. I know he's sick. He wasn't feeling good. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. So he's I do. not feeling sick right now, I can okay, promise good, you. He good. said, This is the most incredible moment of my life. I'm here with my best friends at Arroyo Tribuco with the whole club. It was electric inside the clubhouse. Believe it or not, his best friend said he even called it before you even hit the ball. So this is your best moment. This is also your son's best moment of his life. You said it yesterday that this was the best week of your life. What do you call it now? Thanks, Amanda. I appreciate you making me cry. Um, uh, it's, it's amazing. Uh, I'm living a dream. I'm making sure that I enjoy this moment. I've learned that after the my 46 years of life that uh, it's not going to get better than this. There's no way. No chance in hell. So uh, I'm going to enjoy this, and thank you. We have loved watching you soak in every moment, and the cherry on top was what Jim Nance called an all-time up and down. This par it really was. Right and, and let, me, let me jump in here. That uh, Michael Block was getting pretty choked up in that interview. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, just genuine tears, genuine emotion. He said, man, I'm 46 years old. I don't think I'm ever going to have a bigger moment. I don't know though. He's 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 going to have more tournament play. We don't know, but I could I could see this guy becoming huge. This is this is what he said uh, in his post game presser as well. Michael Block said, "quote I'm like the new John Daly, but I don't have a mullet, and I'm not quite as big as him yet. I'm just a club professional, right? I work, I have fun, I have a couple of boys that I love to play golf with, I have a great wife, I have great friends." I live the normal life. I love being at home. I love sitting in my backyard. My best friend in the world is my dog. Uh, you know, his wife was there with him, so hopefully she's okay with this. But he said, my best friend in the world is my dog. I can't wait to see him. I miss him so much. It's ridiculous. My little black lab, end of quote. Hey, as a, as a fellow black lab owner, I can appreciate that, Michael. I really do appreciate that. And hey, if you're listening, we got to get you on the show at some point. He was kind of making the media rounds today. He was on the Today Show. It, just a, a phenomenal feel-good story. It was so, so cool. All right, let's get back to the phones right now. Let's go go to Aiden in Bloomfield, Michigan, in the Detroit area, one of our new stations in Detroit for Relevant Radio. Hey, Aiden, 
thank you so much for for waiting. I know you've been on the on hold for a little bit. So, uh, what's your take on what we were chatting about earlier? You know, so yeah, I know. Yeah, that, that's crazy. I can't believe what happened. But um, <laughs> I was calling to talk about what happened actually at one yep. of the one of the. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yep. You're I was calling air. to talk about one of the masses that was actually in here in Michigan. It was a, a Chaldean Catholic church called Mother of God. Oh, okay. And there was a mass about, I don't know if it was a couple months ago, maybe a little bit longer ago, where they were doing mass at, I think it was 11 in the morning, I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. they were doing mass. And in the middle of mass, some lady was sitting down and she, in the, in the middle of the, I think it was the homily, she started screaming blasphemous things oh. like abortion is like, you, you oh, guys no. deserve abortion about oh, all the no. prophets all that one prop that just happened, um, screaming like crazy things. And actually got to the point where she was screaming so loud that the priest actually, in the middle of her sentence when she was screaming, the priest started praying a Hail Mary, and that immediately shut her up, and everybody in the church started praying a Hail Mary with the priest. And mm. they then I think they, they escorted her out a couple minutes later. But wow. that, that was insane. It's actually... Yeah, they actually they recorded the mass, but it's kind of hard to um to hear from the from yeah, the camera they recorded that's, it from. That, yeah, that, she, that's that's pretty intense. Uh, thanks for calling in, Aiden. Yeah, that's that's really intense. And and so the priest said, you know, "We need to rebuke this right now and start praying, and asking for Our Lady's intercession because he hates her. You know, the 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 enemy hates her, and um, she has crushed along with her son the serpent." And uh, that great scene in The Passion of the Christ, Mel Gibson, in the beginning. I don't want to give the movie away, but I'm sure you've seen it. Uh, it's well done. It's really, really well done. And so the total enmity between the woman, Our Lady, and the enemy. And so, yeah, there's so, so much there. Hey, listen, when we talk about all these uh, misunderstandings of Catholic teaching, you know what's right up there? The papacy. That's why on the Faith Explained show, 1230 Central, you can catch the latest episode tomorrow. We're going to continue to talk about the biblical roots of the papacy. We're going to talk about whether or not Paul actually, in some way, in any way, as people claim, did he refute the papacy? No, no, he didn't. We'll, we'll talk about that uh, tomorrow on the Faith Explained show, 1230 Central. If you missed any of the episodes, check the archives. We've done a great series, fun series, on the biblical roots of the papacy. All right, keep it locked on Relevant Radio. Timory's coming up next, followed by Father Rocky, the family rosing across America. God bless you. Thanks for listening to The Cale Clark Show. Jim Shaper produced Patrick Alog. Back in the hot seat, taking your phone calls. Take it away, Michaela. Thank you for listening to my daddy.